Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides. And for the latest updates, information, and picks, you should follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. This Major League Baseball episode covers every game scheduled to be played on Saturday, September 24th, 2022. In case you're new here, I've built a mathematical model for win probability using hitter and pitcher projections in order to make one money line or run line play on every game that's played seven days a week. Though there are none, no Sunday shows, please note that these probabilities are assuming normal starting lineups and are using current rosters up to the time I started recording what will be shown on the banners on the screen of the thresholds for A or B grade play so that you can make the best decisions possible based on the current odds at the books you do business with. The goals for this episode are to share key information about today's games, give you a few things to think on, and explain why certain plays are being recommended in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. Never want you to blindly tail or fade any pick, rather to hear the justifications, thought processes, to make sure you're fully on board with me or against me before investing your hard-earned money. And as I'm always saying, take what you like and leave the rest. As we go through my plays, remember that there are no locks in gambling, so we'll give you our loves, likes, and leans, i.e. A, B, and C grades. And to get my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers, as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to say it'll be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. I always talk about that good and bad variants and some days it's just kind of ho-hum. Some days you get some good variants. Some days you get some bad variants. Uh, Friday night's game's not complete as of the time of this recording. Um, but I think in one-run games between money lines, run lines, and totals, I think my picks went like one in six or one in seven or something. Um, one-run games are going to balance out pretty 50-50. Uh, maybe the slightest of exceptions on that would be if you only happen to be playing really big underdogs or really big favorites, like really big favorites are going to run run a game slightly more, but it, basically everything trends towards 50, 50 in one run contest. Uh, when you're within one run of the total it trends to be 50, 50. So uh, just some bad luck here uh, on a Friday night. It's rough. It pairs with the bad week that we've had, but uh, you know, still a lot of good uh, over the last several months. Uh, and as I'm always saying, you never know when it's going to bounce back one way or the other. I uh, had a pretty good Thursday. Uh, maybe we can have a good Saturday here. A lot of good uh, plays that I like and a lot of totals that I think are really mispriced. I'm going to highlight uh, today. But before we get to that, some reminders. Please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you are yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn notifications on, you won't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. Check out Horse Racing today. If you like to play the ponies, you can find their stuff at horseracingtoday.net. Get a team of five with over 125 years of combined experience in handicapping horse races. There's an angle they don't know or bias they can't identify. Check out their YouTube shows with the website. Links are in the description. And a reminder, we started the Patreon page for those of you looking to support the show and get a few extra benefits as well. Memberships start at $3 per month. You can get exclusive access to the play of the day, our Discord chat, add free and early access to shows and early access to projected spreads. Um, also, just real quick before we get started here, um, September 24th, that would be uh, three months to the day uh, when we found out that our uh, our son no longer had a heartbeat. So uh might be a tough weekend uh, for me personally, and uh, I'm not looking for sympathy um, as much as I'm just, it's just a reminder, uh, be nice to people. Uh, if you get nothing else from the show, be, just be nice to people. You never know what someone's going through. Uh, I've been very public and open about my situation, but not everybody is. So just be kind to people because you just never know 
what's going on. So hopefully that's a nice little nugget for you this week and something to keep in mind. Hopefully we get a lot of good winners and a lot of good picks and a lot of good luck here with our baseball picks and our college football picks this weekend. If you haven't seen those three episodes, uh, check those out as well before these games get going. We've got a lot of content. Hopefully you've already taken in a lot of it. Uh, but we'll get to today's game. We've got one game here early on, 105 Eastern. First pitch, the Red Sox at the Yankees. Red Sox losing a pair of one-run games here in this series. And I've been on the right side of both of them, taking the Red Sox run line on the first one. Lose by one. I take the Yankees money line on the second one. They win by one. I'm going to take the Red Sox in this one and just assume maybe they can actually win one of these games at some point. Uh, Sideline here says that the Yankees should be minus 143. And the prices that I'm seeing right now for the Yankees are in the minus 150s, minus 160s, as you can see on the screen. That's way too expensive of a price on the Yankees. Um, the Red Sox price um, that I'm seeing out there is plus 146. That is just enough to get to that B-grade threshold. I would look to play run line like I did on Thursday, but I think this is going to be a little bit of a higher scoring game. And so I think that run line offers us a little bit less value because there's more likely that we get a little carried away with runs. So I'm just going to take a chance personally on the money line. You can obviously do either one. Run line's obviously a safer pick, but the total in this game is eight and a half. And I've got an official pick here on the over eight and a half at minus 115. You can see there on the screen, the sideline says the total should be nine on this one. And the reason why is it's not going to be extremely warm to start with, but it'll get up towards 70 degrees by the end of this one. And the winds will be blowing out pretty consistently to right center at about 10 miles an hour. So that's going to really help any righty going opposite field, any lefty, anybody in general just hit the ball well with that wind blowing out pretty consistently all day. Expect a few more runs than usual here. In this one, and on top of that, you've got two average to below average pitchers in Vic Pavetta and Domingo Herman. Uh, model gives both of these guys uh, one of them a 100 rating, the other one 104. Um, Herman's ERA is 312 for the season. That's in 57 innings, but the underlying metrics say it should be in the mid fours. That's about where he projects. Um, that's about what Pavetta has just in general. So, I mean, both these guys are, are okay, but they're not great. And you got two above average offenses that I think can really take advantage of mediocre pitching. And again, a little bit of a win to give the hitters a boost looking for those home runs. I think there's a few extra runs in this one. So I'm playing the over eight and a half. The total should be nine. And again, I'll take a chance on the Red Sox here. It's a B grade play for me. Officially, I was able to lock in plus 146. Obviously, if you get closer to that plus 160 mark, uh, that or the equivalent run line would be an A grade play. If you're eyeing something that's less than plus 146, it's kind of Red Sox or pass at that point. Maybe not enough value to be a good long-term play, uh, but still maybe worth a shot here in the early afternoon. Two games in this 4 o'clock Eastern start time. First one is Braves at the Phillies. Phillies get it done for us. Back-to-back nights, a bright spot both on Thursday and Friday. A little bit of a different story here in this one. Um Kyle Wright versus Bailey Falter. Falter's just an average pitcher. Does have a nice ERA at 368 on the season. Uh, but the underlying metrics say it should be above four and a half. And he projects to be kind of just very average. Kyle Wright, on the other hand, having a fantastic season. A guy I've liked all season long. 318 ERA and the advanced metrics say maybe it should be a smidge higher than that, but not by too much. He gets an 85 grade. Braves relievers a little bit better. Starting pitching. Definitely a lot better in this one. All the relievers are obviously rested after not having to pitch in Friday's blowout. As you've seen here, 
uh, on Friday's game, like we talked about, right? This Phillies offense is just as good as the Braves offense right now. Uh, the Braves strength is their starting pitchers. And that's what they've got here tonight. I was on the Phillies in the first game, even though they had Max free throwing, because I thought the Phillies countering with Ranger Suarez would really keep them in that game. Bailey Falter is just a step down from Suarez. It, it's possible, but it's not quite as convincing as Suarez. I really liked Suarez and thought he could hang in there step for step with Freed on Thursday night. Sure enough, he did. I liked what I was getting from Aaron Nola here on Friday. On Saturday, I'm going to back the Phillies again, but it's a little bit more of a hesitant play than the last two nights because Bailey Falter's a step. Obviously, Suarez is a step down from Nola. Falter's a step down from Suarez. So I'm going to back the Phillies here. At plus 117, as you can see there on the screen, the model indicates that a B-grade pick needs to be plus 116 or better on the Phillies. We get plus 117. So we're eking in there at a B-grade on them. I just, I'm a little bit nervous of going too heavy against this one, just considering that Kyle Wright can absolutely shut this Phillies offense down. So it's just kind of the fear in the back of my mind on this one. But I'm going to trust the model. The Phillies have done us well. The Braves in general have been overpriced for the last, I don't know, month or two now, it seems like. Really good team, uh, but being priced like they're, you know, 110 win team. And I don't, just don't think they're quite that good. Weather-wise on this one, we're going to be around 70 degrees to start, mid-60s to close. Winds to be blowing um, maybe kind of across to start and then shifting out towards the end of the game, but only around five miles per hour. As you can see on the other sideline, thinks the total should be 8.6. Thinks that Falter being just average, both these above average offenses when blowing out by the end of the game. Model here thinks that we should get more than eight runs, so I've got to play on the over eight as well. It's one of those situations where somebody should score some runs. If Falter can hold the Braves down, then the Phillies at plus odds makes a lot of sense. If the Braves score a lot of runs, then we should get the over. So it's kind of one of those, uh, we've talked about this before in the past, where it's two plays, one on the side, one on the total, where reasonable chance that we just split them, but there's a chance that we win both of them, and the chance that we win both is higher than the chance that we lose both. So uh, kind of a smart pairing here, I think, um, in that if Falter struggles and we don't get the Phillies' money line pick, then we should at least be able to cash the over eight. The other one at this time, slot 407, Easter first pitch, Mets at the A's. Uh, my goodness, this one's going to be a tough one to watch. The Mets scoring a ton of runs here on Friday night against the A's, and then they throw Jacob DeGrom the next night. That's just not very fair. Ken Waldachuk will get a start for the A's, a slightly below average pitcher, 713 ERM the season. That's only in 17 innings. The advanced metrics and the projection has them more in the mid-fours. You know, nothing special, below average pitcher. Mets good offense. One thing that's going to help the A's here is that Waldachuk is a lefty in the Mets, are a little left-handed switch hitter heavy. So that is advantage A's, or I should say it's less of a disadvantage for the A's than it would be if Waldachuk was a righty. Obviously a massive edge for the Mets with the crumb on the mound against the below average A's offense. The Mets should be massive favorites in this one, and they are. I think they're a little bit overpriced, though, in this one. Sideline here says that the Mets should be a minus 303 favorite. And that's a pretty high price, but the price I'm seeing right now in the Mets is minus 365. You'd have to go 127 and 35 in a 162-game season to break even if you're betting prices like minus 365. 
That doesn't mean the Nets don't win this one. Obviously, it's really likely they do. The model indicates there's about a 75% chance that they do. But if you're only going to win 75% of your games, you're not going to make money backing minus 365 favorites. So it's kind of one of those A's or pass. And if you just want to pass, respect. Don't blame you at all. If you're going to do something with the Mets, I'm not even sure the alternate run lines make a lot of sense given how few runs we expect in that park. I know the Mets scored a bunch Friday, but that's not what we typically see in that ballpark. And it's not what I expect in the, out of the Mets against the lefty as well. Um, so if you're going to do something with the Mets, maybe maybe something with DeGrom, you know, strikeouts over, it's a, maybe a fun one to root for. Um, but I, I just can't really get behind any sort of Mets play here, even on an alternate run line, just because I just don't think it makes a lot of sense at the way it's being priced right now. I'm going to back the A's. Again, model says 303. As you can see there on the screen, if we could get a price of 312 or better, there'd be a B grade, but we need about plus 350 for it to be an A grade. I'm seeing plus 323 right now, but rather than take a chance on them winning, I'm going to go run line. Run line is still plus 170. So it's a B grade pick for me on the A's run line. It should be a low scoring game. It is a little bit warmer in there. And we talk about the ball does carry a little bit better in that park during the day. But it's still a very pitcher-friendly ballpark. You don't expect the ace to score many runs. And when the Mets struggle against mediocre pitching, it tends to be off a of lefty. So sideline says there should be 6.5 runs scored in this game with it being lower scoring. I'm both taking the under seven, and I'm also thinking that run line makes sense because the ace could easily lose this game something like two to one. So I'm taking the ace on the run line and the under seven here in Oakland. To the evening game, 6-10 Eastern, first pitch, Nats at the Marlins. Marlins got it done for us here um, on Friday night. They'll throw Sandy Alcantara on the mound here, and this one against Eric Fetty. Obviously a massing starting pitcher edge. Don't need to really dive too deep into that one. Fetty probably not as bad as that 529 ERA, but he's still well below average. And Alcantara obviously very likely to win the NL Cy Young this year. On top of that, just a fantastic pitcher and really a differentiator with how much length he gives you. Um, helps given that the Marlins bullpen is average to below average, but that's still better than the Nats bullpen offensively. Uh, and I wrote this one up. This was the play of the day if you're over with us on Patreon on Friday. I wrote this up, you know, talking about the Nats offense had been doing better the last couple weeks, but if you look at the last couple of weeks data, that's really not a good predictor of what's going forward. There are much better ways to predict. And in general, this Nats offense still predicts to be worse than the Marlins offense, which is saying something because this Marlins offense had a historically bad run. Neither offense is very good. It's probably rounding error. But the point being, I wouldn't just look at the last three weeks of the Nats and think that they're a much better offense than the Marlins. I don't think either offense is very good and trying to really make a case that one's better than the other. I think misses the point that they're both fairly equally bad rounding error difference, really. Obviously, this one should be all Marlins with regards to how big of favorites they are. Sideline says it should be Marlins minus 197. So, of course, that makes it pretty tough to back the Marlins at the prices I'm seeing right now, which is in the minus 210 range. You can see on the screen, if we get something like minus 175 on the Marlins, that'd be a fantastic A-grade play. But I don't think we're going to see that. Instead, I'm going to be on the Nationals. Their price right now is plus 192 which isn't really exciting. It's a Nats or pass situation, and it's probably more of a pass in reality. I'm making a pick on every game just as a constraint I'm putting on myself here for the show, but it's a tougher one to back because the price isn't really exciting. I'm going to back the Nats on the run line. 
minus 120. I'd really be more excited if it was closer to even money. It's just a C grade pick for me. But more importantly, the total is seven. So I'm going to take the under seven, even though it's got a little bit of juice attached to it. Sideline says 6.3, and it aligns with what we just talked about in the A's game. Take the dog on the run line in a low scoring game, and you got a better chance of hitting it. It feels like, an, like a, a low scoring game, two to one type thing. Marlins probably more likely to win, but the price is too steep to make it profitable long term. Uh, and I don't really want any part of the Marlins laying a run and a half, given that I expect so few runs and they're the home team. So I'll take the road team on the plus one and a half. I think it's probably the best play on this one. It's just not what I'm really excited about at minus 120. 16 Eastern Blue Jays at the Rays. Uh, you know, I'm just going to go down with this Blue Jays ship. I've been preaching all year how they're overpriced. And then they go on a little streak. Models like, hey, okay, okay. And then back the Jays twice in a row. And, um, you know, they scored some runs, but their pitchers decided to give up, you know, 120 runs or so in two games uh, approximately. I'm going to back the Jays again, though. Uh, Model still thinks that there's more value backing the Jays than anything else. Sideline says this is uh, Blue Jays minus 110 is what the price should be. So right now we're getting even money on the Blue Jays. You'll notice on screen that the model wants a plus 101 price for an A grade. But given the Jays have lost the first two games, I'm comfortable enough at even money giving it an A grade. Alec Manoa on the mound. The type of guy who's going to say, we lost these two games. I'm taking it upon myself to get the win. So I really think it makes sense to back the Jays here. And even money is just good enough for me to give it an A grade. Again, even though the model indicates you want a price of plus 101, I think that's close enough. I like him more than I like Rasmussen. And I like Rasmussen. Talked about him a lot. A guy I've liked backing. 292 ERA. Underline metrics say probably not that good. Uh, but still gets a 91 grade. It's just that Manoa gets an 86 grade as uh, his ERA and advanced metrics just project a little bit better than Rasmussen's do. Obviously, the Rays have a little bit of a bullpen edge, but the Blue Jays have a much bigger offensive edge. Again, aside from the fact that the Rays have scored so many runs uh, here of late, in general, that's not what we expect, especially in that park. Sideline says a total of 7.1, which is not many runs, but a six and a half total, I think, is too low. And y'all know me, a lot of times I'm looking at the under, but in this case, I'm going over 6.5. A 3-3 at some point in this game makes a lot of sense. It's kind of why, like I said, I like the, the the Jays at even money. It's a coin toss game, and I give the Jays a slight edge. But this is 3-3 in the seventh inning. I don't think anybody would be surprised. And we've got ourselves a winner there on this overplay. So I'm going over 6.5, and, and I'm taking the Blue Jays. I think they have just enough to get it done. I think it's a 4-3 type Jays victory. So I'm taking the Jays even money, A grade play, and over 6.5. 635 Eastern first pitch Cubs at the Pirates. Uh, got the Pirates at a really good price here uh, about 24 hours ago. And the price kept getting higher and higher on them. And this is why I'm always putting those prices out there. Price in the Pirates got so high that at some point, depending on where you were shopping, you would have actually flipped and bet on the Cubs because the model would have indicated that the Cubs were a good price uh, because the odds were just way out of hand on the Pirates. Uh, it was a tight ball game and uh, Cubs pulled it out. Again, there on Friday. I'm going to back the Cubs again here on Saturday, but only with the C-grade play. Right now, there's just not a lot of value in the number, in my opinion. Model says Cubs minus 104. We need minus 102 for a B-grade play, plus 106 for an A-grade. Really looking for even money for a B-grade play would be exciting and, and, and 
closer towards a plus 10 for the A grid. But right now I'm only seeing Cubs minus 105. I'm not touching the Pirates at minus 105. I definitely need plus odds to back them as I think the Cubs should be slight favorites in this one. And the main reason why their offense, I think, is a little bit better than the Pirates. Both sets of relievers are just terrible. And I think Miley's a little bit better than Oviedo. And the more important part than the fact that I think Miley's a little bit better than Oviedo is that Miley projects to go up one inning longer. And you say, oh, it's one inning. Well, with these relievers, one inning might matter a lot. <laughs> so that one extra inning is a pretty big deal. So uh, they pro- Miley and Oviedo project about the same with regards to the rate stats, but that extra inning, a big deal, especially with the bullpens behind it. Um, again, both of those pitchers are below average, but I like the fact that Miley can give you a little bit of length because he's still better than the Cubs bullpen. Uh, I'll take the Cubs here at minus 105. Just a C grade play, though. Not really exciting for me. Total, this one's eight. Sideline says 7.7, so it's a pass right now for me. It's going to be in the upper 60s for this game, and the winds be blowing kind of mostly in, but mostly under five miles an hour, so not really much of an effect there. So a total that I just don't think is worth really investing in. 640 Eastern, first pitch, Brewers at the Reds. One of the heartbreakers here on Friday was had the Brewers on, I mean, had the Reds on the run line. Lost by two, just couldn't get that one run loss that we needed. It'll be a pair of pretty good pitchers here in this one, Corbin Burns and Graham Ashcraft. And I'll tell you, the model really likes Graham Ashcraft. Thinks he's solid, 397 ERA. And the underlying metrics say that is accurate in his almost 100 innings. Projects to be a sub-4 ERA pitcher going forward. Park neutral, of course. Uh, obviously, you you do expect his ERA to be a little bit higher if he's pitching you know, a bunch of games in Cincinnati in the summer, of course, but it's a 91 grade from the model. It's pretty good for a rookie. Uh, obviously, Corbin Burns is fantastic. It's a 74 grade, 312 ERA, and the other metrics say that's pretty spot on. I really love this under here. Total is eight. Sideline says 6.8. I don't know why we're getting under eight. I'd still go under seven and a half. I'd still go under seven, but obviously under seven and a half is a lot more exciting knowing that we get the win at seven, but under eight is even better knowing that we push in the event that this is a five to three type ball game, which is exactly what we saw on Friday. Model says this one should be Brewers minus 162. So <laughs> there's no way I can touch the Brewers at a price like minus 210. Burns is good, but we've seen him kind of up and down over the last two months and not necessarily always sharp. You know, he's given up some runs. This Reds offense isn't very good, but the model knows this Reds offense is pretty terrible and really likes Burns and still says there's no way the Brewers should be favorites in the minus 200 range. You can see on screen there for the Brewers to be an exciting pick. We're thinking minus 150, minus 160, not minus 210. It's 100% this is Reds or pass. I'm all over the Reds, though. It's an A-grade play for me. Model would indicate that a price of plus 180 would be an A-grade money line pick. The price I'm seeing right now is plus 192. So anything in that plus 180, plus 190 range is a Decent investment on the money line. I'm going to stick to the run line, though, given that I think it's a low-scoring game, kind of aligning with that similar strategy here of should be low-scoring. That makes it more likely to be a tight game. That means you've got extra value on the run line than the odds makers think because the odds makers think there'd be eight runs in this game. I don't think that's the case. I think it's more likely to be six or seven. And so the way that they're computing that probability for the run line actually gives us a little bit more value and a little bit more of an edge on this play than even the money line. So... Uh, there's a there's an edge on the money line price at plus 192, but but if the model's correct about this total, there's an even bigger edge 
on the Reds' run line price. It's plus 105. I can't believe we're getting plus odds on this uh, for the Reds' run line here. It's an A-grade play for me. It doesn't mean it hits, but it just means I think there's a greater than 50% chance it hits and getting plus odds so it's greater than 50% likely to happen is a fantastic play. So I'm all over this Reds' run line with an A-grade play. And like I said, I love this under as well. Weather-wise, mid-70s to start, upper 60s to close, and the winds will be blowing in five to 10 miles an hour. So with these pitchers and not extremely warm Cincinnati weather, even though it's a hitter friendly ballpark, the conditions are not really ripe for a high scoring game. Seven to five Eastern first pitch guardians at the Rangers guardians continue to be good to us. The model has loved them. The models love the Mariners and the Mariners were good to us for so, so long, but the models also quietly love the guardians as well. They were a little more up and down, more ups than downs, but lately they've been all ups. And I'm all over the Guardians again here today with an A-grade play at minus 123, as you can indicate on the screen, as long as we can get minus 126 or better. The model likes that as an A-grade play. Sideline says this should be Guardians minus 140. So we're getting an awful lot of value here on Cleveland. I think they've got the better pitcher in this one in Cal Quantrill versus Glenn Otto. His ERA is about a full run better. The underlying metrics say he's about a full run better. He projects to be more than half a run better per nine innings as Quantrill rates out his average, uh, whereas Glenn Otto rates a full standard deviation below average. The Guardians have a starting pitcher edge. They definitely have a bullpen edge. They also have an offensive edge. These bats have been going really well. And also love this over here. Sideline says 8.9 runs. Uh, totals eight. So I'm going over eight at minus 105. And something to consider too, anytime I'm taking a favorite, you know, I'm taking an over uh, or I'm taking, you know, taking a favorite, taking the under, you know, you can kind of look at some team totals here. Something like Guardians team total over might make a lot of sense, given that I like the Guardians and I like the over. You know, if it's a situation where, uh, like a favorite and the under, maybe you look at the dog, uh, team total under, right? So you can kind of make some interpolations off of that as well. This is one absolutely where I'd like the Guardians team total over if you wanted to play that. If you want to play the Guardians on the run line, I think that makes a lot of sense too. Is again, I think it's going to be more than eight runs, more likely to be a high scoring game. So a little bit of value there. If you want some plus odds, I'm not going to get too fancy with it. I'm just going to play the Guardians at minus 123. I think it's great value. I think the odds makers, yet again, disrespecting this Guardians team. It's quietly been pretty solid here for the last several months for us. And Quantrill, again, a much better pitcher than Glenn Otto. 7-5 Eastern first pitch, Astros at the Oros. We've had a string of games lately where I've gone on and told you about what I would pick, but there weren't any lines yet and some starting pitcher changes. This is the only one of the night that doesn't have a line out yet. And the reason for that is Tyler Wells was scratched for the Orioles and will be replaced by Mike Bauman, who's made one start this year. It hasn't really gone that deep. So I'm projecting basically a bullpen game for the Orioles. He probably is stretched out enough to go two or three if he's pitching well maybe four, but I'm not sure I'd want him to face this Astros lineup a second time through. Just don't expect him to go very well. It's mainly going to be relying on the Orioles relievers, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. The Orioles relievers, again, are above average, had a great season. Um, at some point, you do wonder if they're going to have a little bit of fatigue here, just given how many innings they've worked. They've had a really solid season, so I'm not overly down on the Orioles here with the bullpen game like I would be with some teams. Um it just it doesn't set up well for them against Fromber Valdez, who's obviously one of the best pitchers in the American League at this point. Mostly locked into top five Cy Young, uh, 257 ERA in the advanced metrics, saying the low threes works really well for you know, is about where he should be. Um, Astros relievers, I still think, are a little bit better than the Orioles relievers. Obviously, their offense is a lot better. They have lost the first two games here, uh, two games that I was in the Orioles on both of them. So if the price is right, we'll back the Orioles again. 
Uh, we'll see what kind of price comes out. Sideline says Astros minus 190, so you can see on the screen something like minus 185 would be a B-grade pick on the Astros. Minus 170 would be an A-grade pick for the Orioles. Really looking to get pretty much in plus 200s for the money line, and it, as it crawls into the low plus 200s, that was where it can get to an A-grade play. If I was playing the Orioles, though, probably would be like I've been these last days. Probably would just play it safer on the run line. That way, if it's a tight ball game, don't have to care who wins. Astros are more likely to win on this. We're just going to make sure we don't play too steep of a price. I'm hoping maybe the Astros, a couple of losses here, maybe it's softened the market a little bit. Maybe we can get a good price on them, so we'll see what happens on that. I'll make a pick once a line comes out for us. Sideline says total of 8.1, so if we can get something like 7.5, I'd probably be going over. 8.5 might be looking under, uh, as 8 is pretty much the only total that I'd be staying away from in this one. Uh, Weather-wise in this one, of course, um, upper 60s to start, mid-60s to close. Slight breeze blowing out, so not really a ton of help for the hitters. Obviously, we're not going to really matter with Frumber does, given the fact that he throws mostly ground balls. 17 Eastern first pitch, Tigers at the White Sox. White Sox couldn't quite get it done for us here on Friday night. They'll turn to Davis Martin on Saturday against Drew Hutchinson. Um, Martin... A below average pitcher does have a 378 ERA, but the underlying metrics say low fours is probably more accurate for him. Um, not a guy who projects to go very deep, hasn't really thrown a ton of innings this year. Hutchison, though, is worse. The White Sox do have a starting pitcher edge. Uh, the relievers at this point project better than the Tigers relievers, who have started to kind of fade for the most part here as the season has worn along. Uh, still did a fairly good job here on Friday, of course. Those are still a solid crew, just that the White Sox relievers, I think, are just a little bit better. And of course, the White Sox offense is definitely better. Uh, sideline says White Sox minus 188 for this one. Uh, so I'm going to grab the White Sox at minus 174. As you can see, that's in between the prices needed for an A grade and the B grade. If I get like 165 on the White Sox, that would be an A grade play, but the price just not good enough to get to an A grade at this point. They should be able to win this game, and 174 is a reasonable enough price to give it a B grade. Don't want to really go run line, though, just because they're the home team. But given that I like the over in this one, and that's an official play as well, sideline says 8.7, going over 8. So given I think there are more runs, maybe the run line makes sense. It's just not a play that I love here, uh, given the fact that the Tigers relievers are decent and the White Sox are the home team. But it's kind of a 50-50 call. It's not one that I feel strongly about. So if you wanted to look White Sox run line and save yourself a little bit of odds, obviously a little bit riskier, but the payout's obviously a lot better. So that's a way you could look as well. We're going to be in the low 70s to start, upper 60s to close, and the winds will be blowing out uh, at 5 to 7 miles an hour pretty consistently. So tiny bit of help on the wind, not a lot. Uh, and decent weather in Chicago. Main reason I like this over is that I just don't think either one of these starting pitchers is very good and both sets of relievers. There's just not enough depth and not enough consistency, I think, for a ton of clean innings. So I think there should be some runs in this one. I think we can get over that eight. And like I said, I like the White Sox at the price they're being offered at right now. 17 Eastern first pitch Mariners at the Royals. We're going to be in the mid 80s to start, mid 70s to close. A fairly warm day here in September, fairly warm night in September for Kansas City. And obviously a pretty hitter friendly ballpark. Winds will be blowing out to start in the five to eight mile an hour range, shifting to a cross by the end of the game. It'll be Logan Gilbert versus Chris Bubich. Obviously, Gilbert's an above average pitcher. Um, some of the Mariners need to really step in and, and get going, you know. 
you can make the case that they'd rather just lose and be the six seed, but they have to just be careful that they don't lose too many and fall out of the playoffs. They should be safe. Their schedule lines up really well, but these are the games they need to win just to ensure their safety. And they haven't done well. They haven't looked good against the A's and then lost the first one against the Royals. Obviously, that was a tougher one against Brady Singer, and that's not what Chris Bubich offers. So Gilbert will be the guy tasked with turning things around for them uh, this weekend, 313 ERA. metrics say mid threes. Definitely an above-average pitcher. Contrast with the below-average pitcher in Chris Bubich, 581 ERA. The advanced metrics say maybe about a run better than that makes sense, but there's a pretty big gap between these two guys. Obviously, a pretty big gap between two sets of relievers. Offensively, though, the gap isn't that strong, and that's why for the first time in a long time, the model does not give the Mariners an edge in this game. The reason why is because against the lefty, Without Eugenio Suarez, without Julio Rodriguez, the Mariners against the lefty, the model gives them a 93 grade. And this is where 100 is average. And for hitters, you want to be above 100. The Royals against the righty get a 90 grade. So this Royals offense is a, against the righty is about as good as this Mariners offense right now. It's currently constructed against the lefty. You've been preaching the Mariners offense. It's pretty good all season long when you look at the park neutral statistics. And that's true. But with two of their top hitters down being a very – uh, left-handed heavy team to their right-handed hitters down, but a very left-handed hitting team against a lefty, not a good setup for them today. Now those guys get healthy. They're a lot stronger against the lefty, but with those two guys out a lot tougher of a task for the Mariners. So not a Mariners edge here. In fact, the model would say stay away completely. Sideline says Mariners minus 160. And the prices that I'm seeing are Mariners minus 165, which isn't good enough uh, for us. As you can see on the screen, we're looking for something in the minus 150s for a B grade, minus 140s for an A grade. And the price on the Royals is plus 152, but as you can see, we're looking for plus 160s for a B grade on the Royal, plus 170s up to plus 180 for an A grade. So right now, the price isn't really valuable on either side. Instead, the way I'm playing this one is I'm looking to the over eight as it's even money, which is exciting. And also, sideline says 8.8. Just talked about the Mariners offense not being as good against the lefty, but we still have a below average pitcher. In Chris Bubich, we still have a below average set of Royals relievers. We still have a very hitter friendly ballpark, probably top five hitter friendly ballparks here at Kauffman Stadium. And you have a Royals offense that does tends to hit fairly well at home is a recipe for some runs. Obviously, you can kind of squint the other eye and say there's a chance that there's not that many runs. But given the part, given the fact that we're starting off in the mid 80s, I think there's a good chance we can at least get to eight. And again, sideline says we should be able to get to nine. Given that I think there's going to be more runs, I'm going to take a chance on the Mariners on the run line at minus 105. It's only a C-grade pick, but I think that might be the best way to play this and kind of say this Mariners offense at some point has to get going, and if it does, the run line is the right play for them. I'm just not excited about taking the Royals on the run line, given that I think there's going to be a lot of runs in this one. And I'm not excited about taking the Royals at plus 152, given that they're going against Logan Gilbert. So I just can't find a way to play the Royals. I think there will be a lot of runs. And if that's the case, then Mariners run line might make a little bit of sense. Not priced well right now, not really a lot of value. So I'll take that with a C-grade pick. Who knows by the time you're watching this later on in the day, maybe the price has moved around and there's some better value out there. So that's why the price is on the screen there, indicating what we're thinking with regards to what a smart pick would be. Right now, those options just aren't really available to us. Last game in this time window, 7 p.m. Eastern, Angels at the Twins. Twins, one of those disappointing teams, hung in there in a low-scoring game, lost by two, couldn't lose by one for us. 
<laughs> the model still believes in the twins and they looked more competent against Shohei Otani. They looked like they actually cared, which was good. Uh, maybe facing a pitcher like that does that for you. So maybe they're going in the right direction now, but there's still some massive concerns about the twins, their motivation, obviously Buxton being out. The model is aware of that. Um, still though, there's a lot of good hitters on that twins team. There's a lot of good relievers. Joe Ryan will go for him here tonight. And this one, an above average pitcher and a better pitcher than Reed Detmers. Not that I'm down on Detmers. Both of these guys get ratings in the nineties. I just think Joe Ryan's a better pitcher than Detmers. Just not by a lot, just by a little bit. Twins are at home. Model says the twins offense is a little bit better. All of those are all close though. The, the offense and the starters, you can kind of say it's rounding error, but the big discrepancy of course is the twins relievers are much better. So that gives us a little bit of a cushion in case Ryan struggles the, the main way the Angels win this game is if Detmers has a fantastic start. So here's here's the way I'm challenging you to play this game, dear listener. With regards to the money line or the run line, it's got to be twins or pass. The Angels are priced way too good. If you like the Angels, the best chance the Angels have is Detmer has a, Detmers has a good start. So I think if you like the Angels, ignore the money line, ignore the run line, and play Detmer's props. Play his outs over, play his strikeouts over, play his runs under, whatever floats your boat with regards to those pitcher props. Because backing the Angels at prices like plus 120 are just not good enough given how weak that bullpen is. If Detmer's doesn't pitch well, that bullpen is in trouble. So he's got to pitch well for the angels to do well. That's the way I would look at it. If he has a good start and the twins offense doesn't show up again, you're going to cash that anyway. And you're a winner. But if Detmers doesn't pitch well, you are going to win the A's money line bet anyway. So if that's your angle, I would just go Detmers uh, instead of backing the angels model says twins minus minus one forty-four. So I'm going to grab the twins at minus minus one thirty. You can see on the screen there that that's an A grade play on the twins. I'm actually dropping this to a B grade play because I just don't trust this twins team right now. I just don't know where their motivation is. They just look disastrous. And this is what happens in September. It's a really long season. You sometimes see this in the middle of the season, but it's more ebbs and flows. It's more bad game, good game, you know, bad couple days, maybe a bad week. But it, it's, a, it's a grind and it's ups and downs in the season. By the time you get to September, some teams just really fall off the cliff. And the Twins maybe is in, maybe in that camp. They're favored to win this game. I think they should win this game. But even though the model would indicate this is an A-grade price, I'm personally dropping it to a B-grade just because I am not sold on this Twins team. So at minus 130 for me, personally, is only a B-grade play. But I'll back them at that price. And I'm also going to take the over 7. As you can see, their sideline indicates 8.2 average pitching a below average set of relievers and two above average offenses winds blowing out at almost 10 miles an hour for the entirety of the night little chilly on the temperature side more in the mid 60s but the wind blowing out and again two good offenses we should be able to get at least to 3-3 and 3-3 gets us to push at over seven and a decent chance we can get to 5-3 4-4 which then gets us even to nine runs or something like that and sideline thinks 8.2 so i'm gonna play the over I'm going to expect the Twins to actually do something on offense, and that makes it more likely that they win, of course, as well. So at minus 130, again, a big great play for me, and I'm playing over seven. 8-10 Eastern first pitch, Giants at the Diamondbacks. Alex Cobb and Merrill Kelly, two pitchers who just love to back. hate when you see these guys go against each other uh, because then you, not, you know you can't back both of them. But Cobb's been a guy I've been preaching 
all season long has been much better than that ERA, and he has been dominant for the most part. And the underlying metrics still say he's got room to come down. He's got a 348 ERA, but the advanced metrics say this guy's pitching at a level that's a sub-3 ERA. Having a fantastic season, in my opinion, model gives him an 82 grade, and somehow that's actually better than Merrill Kelly, who gets an 88 grade, uh, 315 ERA on, on the season for him. And the advanced metrics say about a half run higher than that. Still a really good pitcher himself. Both of these sets of relievers aren't very good. Offensively, the Diamondbacks offense is decent, still below average. Giants offense still above average, though. Sideline says this should be Diamondbacks minus 103. Basically says this is a coin toss game. And so really, you're just looking for plus odds on either side. Right now, the Giants are at plus 110. And as you can see on screen, that would indicate somewhere between an A and a B grade pick. Definitely into the B grade territory, but not quite to an A grade. Maybe more like plus 115 would be an A grade. That's absolutely a way you can look. But even though the odds are steep, I think there's actually better value going this run line. And, and you might be sitting there thinking that that's crazy, that it's really steep. But we are having to lay a little bit more of a price with that minus 190. But again, as you talk about, the probability scale gets weirder as you get further away from even money. And the probability that we need for this to be profitable is not quite as high as the price might indicate to you. This is a 50-50 game that the Giants can win. And given that the sideline thinks there should only be 7.2 runs, given how much I trust both these starting pitchers, bullpen's a different story, but I think both these starting pitchers can go deep and have good outings. With it being a low-scoring game, it's really likely to be a one-score game. And so even though it's minus 190, I think the run line makes a lot of sense here. You can obviously split your wager or just play money line if uh, the minus 190 is a little bit scary for you, which totally don't blame you at all if that's the case. But but it's still a B-grade play, in my opinion, either way, whether it's money line or run line or split. I think backing Alex Cobb is still a smart decision. I hate fading Merrill Kelly. That's also why I'm playing this on the run line because I'm not technically fading Merrill Kelly in the sense that he can still win by one and we've got this one. He can lose by one and we've got this one one. Either way, we're set. And I'm going to play an under eight here as well. It's juiced pretty heavily, which indicates it might be seven and a half at the time you watch this at better odds. Sideline says 7.2, so it says still go under seven and a half, but I'd rather pay a little bit more juicing at that push protection, go under eight, which is what's available to us right now. Padres and the Rockies will get going at 810 Eastern. It'll be fairly warm to start out in Denver, low 80s, low 70s to close. Winds will be blowing in, but under five miles an hour. Hugh Darvish versus Chad Kuehl, massive starting pitcher edge for the Padres in this one. Relievers probably a little bit better for the Padres, and obviously the offense is a lot better for them. But look, this Rockies team, I... I, I Back them on the road and they lose. And then I fade them on the road because it's like, oh, yeah, they're not a good road team. And then they win and they come home and I'm like, oh, they're better at home team. And I back them and they lose. And then yesterday I fade them uh, at home and they win. I literally cannot get this Rockies team right. And on average, I think it's pretty solid because I think I've predicted them for pretty near about the amount of wins they've had. It's just literally they always do the opposite. Part of that's playing at course Field is a little bit of extra variability. Part of it is maybe they just have a vendetta against me. Obviously, they don't. Um, it's very confusing. I'm going to play the Padres on this one, but I don't think it's really a great investment opportunity really anywhere you look. First off, sideline says the total should be 10.9. The actual total is 11. So that's a stay away. With regards to the money line, model says Padres minus 193. The price I'm seeing right now are Padres minus 191. Um 
which as you can see on screen is not good enough to get to a B grade pick. Uh, Rockies is plus 175. Definitely not good enough to back the pod. Not, not good enough to back the Rockies, especially given that you've got a, a below average pitcher in Chad Cool versus a, a one who's pitched fantastic all season. I mean, I'm seeing his praises, you know, since the first month of the season, you <laughs> Darvish. Um, so it's just not really a good investment opportunity either way. I'm actually going to play this one similar to the way uh, that I played the Mariners game. I'm going to go Padres run line at minus 130 with a C-grade pick, mainly just say lots of runs happen in Coors Field. If we're expecting 11 runs, the distribution of runs can easily fall where the Padres can win by more than one than the road team. So if it does go to extras, um, they have the opportunity to put up two or three runs um, and cover that. So I think that's the best way to look, but I don't think it's a great price. I don't think it's a great investment opportunity right now. But again, by the time you watch this, Prices are on, on screen. Maybe something will have moved and you will be able to find an opportunity on either side at a price. It's a good long-term investment. And wrapping us up, 9, 10 Eastern Cardinals at the Dodgers. Uh, Weather-wise on this one, fairly warm um, to start off with here. Mid-80s to start, mid-70s to close. What's blowing out like it typically does there, but dying down as the night goes along. Jordan Montgomery and Clayton Kershaw, a pair of lefties. Obviously, both of them above average. Uh, Montgomery a little bit above average with a 326 ERA. Underline metrics say that's pretty accurate. Kershaw well above average, 239 ERA. And the underlying metrics say that's not that inaccurate either. So obviously, the Dodgers have a starting pitcher edge. They have an edge at the relievers. They have an edge on offense. They have an edge in that... Maybe they'll try to win, given that it didn't look like they tried to win on Friday night. I was on the Cardinals. Uh, run line didn't need the run line. Money line would have been uh, sufficiently good plays. The Cardinals took care of business. I think it'll be a little bit of a different story, though, with Kershaw on the bump on this. So I'm going to back the Dodgers at uh, minus 175. Sideline says minus 180, and you can see on screen that at minus 176 is the threshold to get to a B pick. So at minus 175, that checks that box off. So I'm going to play them on the money line at a B grade, minus 175. Not going to play the run line. Again, being the home team, total of 7.5, not expecting a lot of runs, not really worth it. Uh, just going to stick to the money line on this one. Sideline says total of eight. Total of seven and a half. It's really a pass for me, though. I'm not really that excited about going over seven and a half with these two pitchers. If the Dodgers offense doesn't really show up, I don't expect the Cardinals to do much damage off of Kershaw. Uh, so it could easily be a lower scoring game. But with the weather being warmer, it's definitely not an under situation. That's why the model tells us the total should be eight. Um, so if it was a, a normal night in LA that we're, we've seen a lot of these nights where it's, you know, 72 degrees to start and mid 60s to close, absolutely I'd be going under seven and a half. And you might even talk me into under seven. Being a warmer night, both these above average offenses, it's just, it's not an under seven and a half that I'm comfortable with. But again, with these two pitchers, I'm not really sure I'm excited about going over seven and a half either. So it's a pass in the total for me on this one. And that is all of the games here for this Saturday. Again, one more pick to come later with the Orioles and Astros line. Right now, I've got three A-grade plays and a ton of total plays that I think are worth a look. A-grade plays right now with the Blue Jays on the money line. Even money at Tampa. The Reds on the run line at plus 105 at home against the Brewers. And the Guardians on the money line at minus 123 at the Rangers. And that's all I've got for you today. 
Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. Check out the website if you haven't yet. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. Don't forget to subscribe so you can ensure all the sorts of betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. I will see you again on Monday with more Major League Baseball betting content. We'll also have College Football Week 5 content on Monday as well. This weekend with all the baseball and college football and NFL action on Sunday, I wish you the best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.